Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Wobcast, the sports podcast brought to you by the Watford Observer. I'm your host, Ryan Gray, senior sport reporter at the Observer, and throughout next season we'll be bringing you weekly episodes talking all things Watford FC, hopefully with some special guests along the way. For now, over the summer, we'll be easing our way in with a few interviews that we have lined up, so do stay tuned for those. Today, we are fortunate enough to be bringing you an interview with such a person. He's a well-known Watford fan, a radio presenter, and of course, does a podcast of his own too. You may have heard of it from Radio 1 and that Peter Crouch podcast, it's Chris Stark. I had a chat with Chris a couple of weeks ago, reflecting on the now-finished season, the impact of Cisco Munoz, and how we think the Hornets could get on now they're back in the Premier League. So, without further ado... Here's what Chris and I had to say. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> Are we allowed to say we've enjoyed being in the championship? I don't know. Um, but I personally have enjoyed it. I'm from I'm originally from the northeast and a lot of my best friends are Newcastle fans. And I know for a fact, like the past, they've they've been down in the championship twice in the last few seasons, and for them, it's been the best, the best of the last ten years. And I think it's it's fine to enjoy a season where you know you're winning pretty much every week, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's... that feels good, and 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 also, you know, I think we're a Premier League team now. Um, but many of my happiest memories have been us in the championship, and yeah, I probably wouldn't be saying this if we hadn't performed so well in the championship but with hindsight and hindsight's an amazing thing I think it's been an incredible season just because of the the real mixture of lows and highs and it is special this season is really special that we can go down and be able to come up that first season because I think it feels when you get relegated that you're almost free-falling a little bit you don't know where the bottom is it's kind of you could go to the championship and it just not work at all and you know we went down and it seemed nervy and we somehow steadied the ship new manager it was so everyone didn't know how to feel at so many points this season and then there was just this wonderful plowing forward and this wonderful feeling of the football club you know moving forward getting that momentum and taking it to to what happened at at the end of the season so yeah it's just been an incredible season it feels like the season's been about 10 years long it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's been one season but I'm super proud and and just really happy that we can be back in the Premier League makes you appreciate it all it does especially when you know you mentioned going down and how much of a mess things seemed when when Watford were relegated. You go back and you think two games before the end of the season, the, the manager was sacked and, you know, there were leaking goals and things were looking pretty desperate then. It it did seem as if this might not be a one-season thing, didn't it? Yeah, uh, and you just don't know, do you? And And that's where I think there's a feeling of trust that comes in and, you know, I knew nothing about Cisco Munoz when he came. When he turned up, I was like, who? <laughs> um, but he's done the business. And they obviously saw what was needed to change the dynamic, change the attitude. You saw the players smiling. You saw the players celebrating. And I think that's where we really felt a difference. You suddenly felt players 
not respected the championship. That's that's the wrong way to put it. But we're wanting to fight as a championship team rather than just expecting from being a relegated Premier League team. Yeah, absolutely. And there was that that moment when they brought Cisco in, and it did seem like a huge gamble, didn't it? Looking yeah, looking at his experience did. and and where he'd had that experience as well. You think that's but it. it credit to them because it really paid off yeah and my my understanding is that's how the club works in that you know they are always scouting managers they always you know there's a manager in Mm -hmm. they are aware of other managers and and you know it's it's quite a morbid way of looking at it (laughs) but i i'm they've obviously seen something in him and i still don't know too much about him I've mm-hmm. got this real sort of party image, <laughs> kind of everything's happy, everything's smiley. But the point is we will go through hard times with this manager at some point. You know, we'll go through hard times with any manager. Um, I'm so happy with what he's done to get us to the Premier League. I really hope, you know, we go into the Premier League with him, you know, taking on the challenge, everyone rallying behind him. Um He's done the right job so far, hasn't he? And that's ultimately yeah. what Watford managers are judged on. Are they doing the job? Have, have you had the chance to to meet him in, in any way, be it online or... or it, when, I know you were at the game when they were promoted. Did you get to say hello yeah. to him? I, I, I said a brief hello, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I, I felt like John Terry on the pitch <laughs> because they basically asked me to go and if we got promoted, I'd done some of the club coverage the yeah. live live stuff and then um i was on the pitch and the club they gave me the phone for their instagram and was just like look get involved with the lads mm-hmm. you know a couple of them like just like you yeah. know so i ended up looking like i was just on my own phone in the middle of the pitch <laughs> and i just felt so bad because the guys who were who celebrating and deserve to be celebrating and then there's me just looking annoying with a phone on the pitch and um <laughs> But I did meet him and he's super nice. And it's interesting, like knowing a few guys at the club hearing, you know, hearing about how he's been separated from his family. And Mm -hmm. there's an interesting side to him that I don't think many fans seem to know too much about, which is, um, you know, we all see the happy side and we see, but I don't think many people know about kind of what he's given up and his passion and his sure. commitment uh, for the club. And I think it's really been demonstrated because how can you show that more than being separated from your family the way that he has been? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I, I really, I, I've, I, I feel like I've got a lot of respect for him and I'm really excited to learn more about him. And that's um, that's another thing from the point of view of a fan. I think it's going to be exciting to get to know him more and more because he's kind of unravelling to be an amazing person. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the family thing and how he didn't see his family for so long. I, I, I was in that press conference when he was talking about that and, and sort of really opened up. And it was really interesting because he said during the... Um, the international break he had a chance to go back and see his family but he said he didn't want to risk getting covid and then missing games and having that potentially you know derail the season and having to put expectation and and work on other people and have have his responsibilities and his workload shared among the rest of the team and it was a real you know you it was sacrifice is what it was and it was even having that opportunity i think you probably could have forgiven him for, you know, popping home just to see his family for a week. But 
you, you didn't Absolutely. do it and it's incredible to to see the dedication mm. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think it's going to be an interesting side to him that we'll see as Watford enter this next challenge. Um, but but, but yeah, I, I also think maybe we have kind of found a manager that does embody Watford in a way that a lot of managers haven't. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I guess some fans and, and some people might say it's too early to tell, but when you look at what the ethos of this club is, uh, you know he doesn't strike me as an overly uh, like aggressive manager. He he doesn't strike me as a kind of, um, I I don't know. It's just like his personality for me matches. <laughs> sort of, it's an odd phrase to say, but it kind of matches the music, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, you know, yeah, when we're yeah. there playing, are you ready for love? And Cisco Munoz walks out. <laughs> it all sort of it matches up, doesn't it? Certainly, um, more- I quite like that. Certainly more so than than Ivic. What what did you make of of him and and the football under him? It was it was yeah. I just think difficult. it was it was it wasn't it didn't match up. I think it was a nice idea that you can have a you know a bomb villain essentially <laughs> yeah. or, or like someone quite harsh and <laughs> it's weird as a fan you quite like that idea. I think sometimes that someone's going to come in and you're not going to mess with him, you know, and and it's going to be a kick up, but. Maybe it was the wrong type of manager at, uh, and, and at the wrong time as well, because it was clear that the players weren't responding to his style and that style. And I heard it was relatively brutal. Um, mm. And the thing is, it clearly wasn't what was needed. And the club came under a huge amount of... Um, you know, chat around the fact that they did change that mm-hmm. that manager at that point, and and to a certain extent came under fire. But it was the right change, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the signs were there for from quite early on. I think um, under Ivic. I mean, perhaps as as early as as I know it was a cup game and it didn't really matter too much. But Newport, if you think, you mm. know. And I, I do have some sympathies with Ivic in that you look at the teams he was having to put out and you think the amount of injuries he had, he, it was a struggle for him, but it was but just... But was it just injuries? Because because for me, it it felt a bit like we were figuring out what we were doing. Yeah. It, it, he, was, he, was, he was manager of a team where... A lot of the personalities, I think, mm-hmm. had come down from the Premier League. There was uncertainty about whether they were staying at the club. Yeah. And actually, for me, Watford turned this season when it felt like we'd it finally embodied being a championship team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a player. I don't know. This is a perception. But there was an attitude change where it wasn't a bit... <laughs> aloof it felt it felt at that point in the season when you see the players in the stands and yeah okay there's a lot of injuries but there was a lot of speculation as well wasn't there about players that were staying i know you know players that didn't want to be in the championship yeah that that sort of thing i I spoke to i did an interview with cristiano Giretta last week and he said that a lot of when he first arrived was persuading players to stay and obviously, yeah. the, they had that extended transfer window, which was open until the 5th of October, I think it was. And it was just, there were a lot of players who, you know, had, had said that they wanted to leave. And there was a lot of firefighting going on and them having real uncertainty over, over who, who was in their squad. I don't think it helped 
I know Troy has spoken about the fact that he was told that he could leave and then he was told, actually, no, we want to keep you. And he wasn't given really any time to prepare. So maybe it wasn't injuries, but there was certainly a lack of preparedness or, or a lack of preparation there from, from some of the players who had maybe been told that their future was elsewhere and then actually... But then when that was done, like, this is the thing, right? When that was done, and I get what your original point was about having a certain sympathy towards Ivic for that, but then there needed to be a change, didn't there? Because there needed mm-hmm. to be a, like, not not like, oh, we're staying. It needed to be a right, uh, something to rally around, right, this is now our identity for the rest of the season. This is... This is something yeah. to be proud of. This isn't this isn't sloppy seconds. Mm-hmm. This is Watford, right? Yeah. And as a fan, I think it got to very nearly to the point where it was very, very frustrating to not feel that we had a club of players that were definitely up for this fight this season mm-hmm. and knew what their identity or what their job was as a as as a club. And I really felt that the team when it turned and they became a championship team a brilliant championship team but really cared about the results you see them celebrating you see the tackles you see the effort it, it was unbelievable mm-hmm. you know we there is nothing wrong with saying that our team played so well this season like it, 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 there is nothing wrong with having pride in being a good championship team yeah I believe we should be a Premier League team you, you know but we we weren't we were relegated. Yeah. And I know Duxbury says it to me. It's like, we're back, you know, we belong in the Premier League. He's right. Like, we do belong in the Premier League. I, I, I really do think as a club, we've got an amazing uh, st- stance. We we should be in the Premier League. But we weren't this season. We, we were relegated. And actually, I'm really happy that we, I'm not happy that we got relegated, but I'm happy that after we were relegated, this is how we've responded. I really feel... It's more exciting now going to the Premier League again than it would have been perhaps just doing two, three seasons where we weren't sure what was going on mm-hmm. with the club. We weren't. We were slightly risk averse with some of the changes that were happening. Um, and look at the team we've got now. It, it feels fresh. It feels exciting. You know, names. It, the club is brilliant at bringing in names that I've never heard of. Well, yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. turning them into superstars. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely I'm been really some, excited about this next season, you know. There's definitely been some players this season who, you know, you look at Ciralta and, and people like that who just came from, from nowhere and have, have become, you know, real fan favourites, even though they haven't even yeah. played in front of fans. It's it, yeah, it's remarkable. It's, it, is, it is remarkable. And I'm really... I mean, that's another point in itself, you know. The fans haven't been there this season. I think what the club has done, uh, you know throughout the last year has been extraordinary in its own right all in all and I know you know and I think it was clear from what happened in in that Millwall game and you know if you saw the interview with with Scott on uh, on Hive Live like I I really feel there is a sense of pride in this club Mm -hmm. and a, a kind of mutual understanding between that side of the club you know and the sort of the inner workings of the club and the fans I feel like we're more united going into this season now than we were perhaps being in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Is is there anything you're going to miss about the championship, perhaps? Um VAR. VAR. Well, yeah, I mean I think particularly it's been so, I think it's been so good without it. I, yeah. re- I really do. 
Andy. I really at- do. And and when watching football, and maybe part of that is because when you're watching some of the coverage of the games this season, they didn't have replays. Yes. And so you don't. The VAR is not helpful. Um, but I've I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed especially given it's been locked down, I think having this number of games mm-hmm. uh, has given us something to do and something to focus on. Um, but football is about fans. It's about being there with your mates. It's it's for the people that don't see anyone in the week. You know, elderly people that, you know, a lot of our fans are elderly. They don't, they see very few people mm-hmm. in the week come to the game and they're surrounded by friends and, and company or, or just noise. And it's so important. And I said it on the day with Hive Live, I feel, I, you know, over the last year, we've lost a lot of fans as well. Yeah. And um, the one place where you, you can sometimes feel that sense of uh, community that might help with that is is at the football. And, and people haven't been able to do that. I've seen amazing things on social media, um, you, you know, and people supporting each other in, in hard times and sending messages of condolence and support. But I, uh, it's not something I look forward to, but I, I look forward, in a way I do, I look forward to being back in the ground so that we can kind of all be together and all reflect on, mm-hmm. on people that won't be there when this yeah. season comes back to the Premier League. And Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, you know, it's it's something amazing that we've got at Watford, you know. That it, you can lose sight of the, the feeling that you get when you go to the Vic, and maybe we all get used to it being Watford fans, but not every club has that not mm-hmm. every club is as supportive to each other on that scale i'm not just saying it you know we can all name grounds and clubs that we go to and it feels a tad soulless mm. and i don't even think you know i see stuff about the club moving i don't even think it's i think the stadium is always a very important part and the stadium's been there for a long time mm-hmm. but that ethos and that feeling it isn't just a stadium yeah and they've done an amazing job doing at the stadium and i know a lot of fans say well you can't just keep talking about the stadium yeah but the place is amazing but it's that feeling that you can't you if you'd want to bottle it but how do you describe what what for football club is Mm. it is special and it gives so many people that amazing sense of belonging and and i think we should be so proud as a football club what we've represented over the last year as well yeah, definitely. I mean, away from the pitch, I think a lot of clubs have stepped up, but not certainly from what I've seen from elsewhere to the extent that that you know, with with what they've done with the the hospital next door and and helping out in the no, way it's they been, have. It's been incredible, and and we need to continue that. Yeah. And as a football club, I think we should always be looking for those opportunities to help our community. I think what Roy Moore does and I think what the 1881 guys continue to do I think is is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, I I love what they have done to the football club with the football club what they represent and it encourages other fans. You know the thing is like it takes these special fans people people like Roy and um you know and others that sort of work with him and volunteer and and do their time it takes those fans, it's the ripple effect, isn't it? Because it takes those fans to do something Mm -hmm. to then kind of inspire other people. We need to keep this ethos going as we go into the Premier League. I've really felt like we've regrouped on it last season. That's not to say we've, you know, we've always had amazing displays. Like the guys do an incredible job with that. But I really just think going into the Premier League, the most important stuff that we'll be taking with us is that feeling of what the club is at the moment. 
there's a real sense of uniting. It's weird because the fans have never been further apart, but yet they're, you know, physically, but mentally, there's a. it does seem like a really united group, doesn't it? I think so. And I, I look forward to... I look forward to that continuing and you know a lot of other clubs are are the same or similar yeah and would say that um but we're here to talk about Watford aren't we and we're Absolutely. here to talk about our club and we we can only be custodians <laughs> of of our club um you know before we pass it on I just feel like right now every Watford fan should be so proud that the club is in such a, a good place as a football club yeah and it is it is a real shame that it's taken something like this for that to happen. <laughs> I think, do you know what? I think we've had it. I think we've, you know, it's always easy with hindsight to look back at the the best times at Watford being times in the past. Mm-hmm. But it's important to have one eye on kind of what the football club will be in the years moving forward. And I think Watford has always been special and we all say it. But I think over the last year where there have been a lot of negatives and why... And while fans, you know, haven't been in there, it, it's really a, the conversation around what positives can we take into this next season. And I think it's been there. I just think in a, in a COVID, um, you know, financially it's it's damaging to, to the club and it's been stressful to the owners. You know, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. I've seen... I've seen Duxbury not looking too well on some <laughs> occasions, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know... And I, you know, I won't go on about it too much, but, and people who saw that interview with him saw the Scott Duxbury that I know and, you know, the hard work he puts in, the stress he puts himself under, um, you know, and I've seen it firsthand. Um, I'm so happy for him as well. I've, <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone was happy on promotion day. My yeah. gosh, that guy was so, <laughs> he was beaming. <laughs> he told me it was the best day of his life. Well. You know, it's, it's, and that isn't that incredible, mm-hmm. right? Because we've had a lot of good days with with those owners, and um, I think he's, yeah. I I really hope he can chill out for a couple of weeks. I think we've got an evening planned at some point, hopefully. But you know, he's he's put himself under a lot this season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm just pleased everyone could get a bit of insight into into kind of how I see him and how he is at, at match days and how how him and you know the owners care about the club yeah um yeah i i can't remember what we were originally talking no, about no, no, but it, it is an interesting point because <laughs> sorry S- scott has said in in recent weeks that it did feel at, at moments like the fans were turning against the club and for for you who has that relationship with him but is also a fan to be kind of somewhere in the middle of that how how difficult was that to but also i i think it's tricky isn't it because i think just because you can see things negative on social social media if you Mm -hmm. were to search right that doesn't mean the club is turning against you and it's it's sometimes we've got to be a bit careful about how we all are on social media because it can sometimes i think i think it's a hard thing to do but i think sometimes we've all got to choose our words wisely because I could put an opinion out. Now, that's not the opinion of every Watford fan. Mm-hmm. And equally, it shouldn't be that someone puts out a strong opinion and then people feel the need to have to argue it. It's just it's very hard to look at stuff that's said on social media. If, if you're Scott Duxbury, right, and you're going through Twitter, you're going to see largely negative stuff because it's unusual for a football fan to go and tweet something really positive. It's, it's, it's kind of 
the horrible thing about social media is sometimes it can be a kind of just a pool of negativity. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I think as fans, we've sometimes got to remember, like, we we all do need to choose our words carefully in some situations because I, I believe we as fans have more power than we think. You know, players see the stuff we say. Mm-hmm. Owners see the stuff we say. And sometimes I think we can put stuff on social media and just imagine that it doesn't get seen or maybe in anger you go well if it's seen I'm angry Mm -hmm. but we do have to measure it out because I do worry that if we have a feeling like a deep sense of negativity at the club at times that changes will happen and changes don't necessarily you know aren't always for the best and I think as fans like I don't know. I, I, I just, for me, I just feel at times on social media, it's been over the, t- not over the top negative because people are entitled to their opinions, but it's just negativity. It's re- it wasn't really very mm. balanced. Yeah. And I think we as fans also need to just balance that out sometimes and just be wary of what we're putting online because I think people see it. And um, I don't, I think Scott might, you know, I think a lot of people might have been, having feelings of disappointment or anger at points in the season. But sometimes the social media, because it, it, the, the response isn't coming back, it becomes a bit of an echo chamber mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not constructive and people don't realize that, well, actually maybe the club are responding to these things. Maybe the club are doing uh, stuff. And I just worry sometimes it can be too negative, but that's the nature of the beast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I get, it. I do get it. <laughs> Let's try and uh, try and end on a, a more positive <laughs> note. <laughs> the obviously it's really exciting. Go back to the Premier League, and we've got Cisco, this really positive guy. What what do you think, squad wise? What do you think needs to be done to to ensure that it is a success next season? Well, I don't know because I don't know a lot of the Watford players that come in and then they turn into these phenomenal signings. So I I definitely don't know what what the club needs. Um, But what I would say is maybe similar to when we went down, I think there's a lot of players that we want to stay. And I think we've got a great team. Um, I think, uh, I I think, you know, the, the latest, you know, um, contract for for Jao Pedro I think is is brilliant because I think I think we're all giving him a bit of time I think he's going to you yeah. know as he gets older he's going to get more physical he's he's getting the game time he's clearly a great striker mm-hmm. um so I think it's good to stick stick with him mm-hmm. um and then we've got an amazing situation with our goalkeepers I mean when you look through the team we we are you know we we are fairly fairly solid in terms of signings of course like I would like you know, I'd like one token, really old, uh, like a legendary player, a journey, <laughs> just a for the shirt. <laughs> I th- yeah, I, I think um, like bring Robbo back. You know, yeah. just for, just for <laughs> just for the fans. Like maybe Doily. Yeah, I'll like, I'd like to see Doily. I'd like to see Doily back. You know, just so we can just get for a new shirt with his name on the back. Just for morale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think the club is well set up. I think. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe slightly more depth at front, a couple more options there. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any harm in that. No. 
Um, but it's exciting, really. I'm excited to see who they bring in. And, you know, there's talk of Ashley Young. I mean, do you know much more on that? Is is that just stuff that... Because I always get suspicious, right? You can give me the insight here, <laughs> and I want this to stay in. Okay. When I see Ashley Young articles, I always wonder... And I kind of get a bit of an insight with this with my job. It's like there's so much stuff suddenly being said that Ashley Young would go to Watford. Is this just a player that's kind of putting out a bit of press so that he can then potentially sign, you know, into Miami or, or mm. potentially Watford? But it's kind of coming from their world. Well, it's, it, it is every case is different. I mean, you will get players who will get their agent to sort of... if. If I'm ever approached by an agent, then I will often think, hang on, there's maybe something more to this than someone just being kind and giving me a story. So do you get contacted by agents occasionally? Occasionally. And it's like, at that point, you know, well, they want to be seen to And be often, it's, often That's it's, interesting. it's people who you've never heard before, or players who, mm. which, you know, with Watford could be plausible because we've... we've yeah. You know, the, the players that... so. It is something that... I just I just found the all the articles there was a lot of talk about it mm-hmm. and it's kind of sometimes I wonder how much stuff is played out and I'm always fascinated about this and you know I talk about it on the Crouchy podcast yeah. as well yeah. is how much manipulation is a really negative word but I don't actually mean it in a negative way because if a player wants to come play in the Premier League mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a good way to inflate an ego or inflate you know the value of a player yeah. potentially by saying well they might come to the Premier League if they don't get this signing elsewhere and vice versa and I'm always fascinated about how much of that comes from say a player's side mm-hmm. in in kind of you plant a story the fans get excited then that signing kind of needs to happen to satisfy the fans. There's a lot of inner workings, I imagine, with that. Yeah. I mean, especially there's going to be a lot of it this summer, I think, because it's Watford going up. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about the big players at Watford, and then there's going to be a lot of people linked. We've already seen so many people linked with Watford, and and some some of them I know are players who I've never heard of and then I've looked into it a little bit more and it's you know just coming from an agent who wants to sort of big up his player and is, yeah. has found a match that could be seen as plausible I get I I get that I sometimes um I message people at the club like desperate for information they're so good <laughs> at just not not telling oh yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> it's really tricky <laughs> like I just desperately want to know it's like oh come on I, I've texted um Duxbury before going like are you um are you here room rep player and I'm like yeah come on like this will be amazing mm-hmm. never replies like he once told me off actually he said um because I was <laughs> I can't remember who it was I was suggesting I messaged him going like, oh, wouldn't it be great to sign so-and-so? And he messaged me back just saying, uh, it's not football manager. <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of shut me down. And he's right. Like, it's very easy for for us to all go like, oh, this is just what you need to do. You need yeah. to sign. But I'd be fascinated to know how it actually works from their point of view and, you know, how complicated it is. Yeah. That's episode one. Great to have Chris on, and I'm sure he'll be back for another episode at some time in the future. 
Um, there'll be more episodes coming throughout the summer, so do remember to subscribe. Tell all your friends as well. Uh, for now, though, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.